of Ash and Flow. This is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. There we are. Back for, for a new episode of the Unbillable Hour podcast. Still not doing any summer breaks of any sorts, right, Ash? So we, uh, because it's summer, so we're not taking a summer break, but we do want to take it a bit easier in summer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is yep. why we, for this one, we we decided to let others come up with the points we should make in this episode for us, right? By, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. by asking let, questions. Well, and, let, let's be honest here. We crowdsourced questions. Yeah, by just essentially hitting the Google, reading across Quora, and primarily scavenging some subreddits or some some you know threads on Reddit <clears throat> for B two B and professional services marketing questions, which we thought would be interesting to answer. Right? Do we? Mm-hmm. You know, should we? Should we maybe explore the methodology a little bit, or? Well, it, I, I the methodology. Think, <laughs> I, I, I think something that we should let some of our listeners know is that conversations do happen in these spaces. It's more like some of us love going and browsing these places and find these questions, but a lot of people don't realize that this is where a lot of conversations happen. And as the audience gets younger and younger, this is places like this and maybe even TikTok might be the places where people will be looking for information about how to market professional services and what you're supposed to do in general i mean you yeah. can always ask our friend stephen pope about that yeah it's, it's similar to stephen's approach not the exact same maybe i don't know yeah yeah so <clears throat> with that flow what is the first question that we've got oh no sorry do we did i like when I said methodology, I want to apologize. What we actually did was we, got, we went through these forums, pulled out a few questions, and then condensed it down to a couple we, which we liked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's highly subjective and somewhat random. But I think we still go from the very high level and strategic to the maybe a bit more narrow and personal and career related. But with mm-hmm. that, right, let's, let's go. So the first one I dug up, Ash, and I wanted to start with the big one, is the Google version was how to market consulting services and there's already there's a Quora question. Sorry, like that is how do large consulting firms actually win business? And I think they're both the fundamental question, right? <laughs> like the question underpinning this very podcast. So do do you wanna do you wanna take a shot at answering it? Like how do how do you even do it, or how do you do it through marketing? Sorry, that, that we should... actually I need I'd like to touch on two elements. One, the big firms, right? The MBBs, Accenture, yeah. Capgemini, all of that. They've got brand equity and they've got brand reputation that for them the whole demand generation capturing demand and upselling is a lot easier because of name recognition primarily so they can easily just push out thought leadership and firm expertise and position some people into driving these conversations (laughs) with key decision makers across clients now Where it gets interesting is, and this is the reason why I bring this up is because our friend Luke actually made a post about this or like signal boosted someone's post where, where essentially there were people who were running business units or, you know, 
practices within large firms who went out on their own and then they realized it's actually quite difficult winning new mm -hmm. clients. And this is where essentially marketing can help by building demand. Of course, you'd have like some sort of roster of clients from your past experience, or you might have not competed, so you can't touch them or various things. But this is a time where you basically need to show people what you can do and mm -hmm. build demand because you've got the supply there. And once you have these methodologies to do to build demand, you can drive the conversations and lead them down a preferable funnel for you to take them through your sales and marketing process and then ultimately like win the deal. So I'm sure you've got more to add there. Yeah, I mean, this, these are well points you make the difference between the, the big and the small firms. I think overall, though, to me, the hierarchy, like wh how do you win business through marketing? I think that the hierarchy is somewhat clear. The overall strategy, I go back to our episode of business development with, with our friend Costas, is still clear. Marketing should facilitate insightful conversations with prospects, which then over time might turn into business opportunities. I think that's always the same between even the small ones and the big ones, right? That's that's the game we are in. Like go out, have conversations with people who might not even be in market for your service or solution converse with them so that they might eventually either think of you once they get in a buying cycle, or you can even pull them into a buying cycle. I'm not saying that's the, the most realistic or the scenario that mm -hmm. always happens, but I think that this, this is the fundamental rule of the game. And then what I have found super helpful as a framework for thinking about it, even if I work with clients, especially consultants who are not in the marketing discipline, like the owners of the firms or the managing directors, is to say there's essentially two plays you can play and you need to play both. When so you create demand, right? That's what you do with thought leadership, content writing, all that stuff, where you put out things into the market that are designed to help your ideal clients and prospects, right? In some mm -hmm. fashion. And you do that, quote unquote, for free, right? Um, and you, you sort of give without expecting something in return. Because that creates maybe demand, that creates awareness for the problems you help to solve with, that creates some urgency maybe to tackle these problems, and that maybe creates an interest in, in seeing how you would solve them. That's play one. And then play two is the capture demand play where you drive marketing tactics to help convert that demand into, into actual sales. For you. I mean, from a marketing perspective, this is where all the tactics come in that require existing intent, right? search engine optimization being an example your your email programs your webinar funnels and stuff like where you these only work if someone says yeah i have enough intent to at least try this and subscribe here or go to that page and look at it so these are the two plays and to your point with the brand i think that is something that exists both slightly in parallel to these two plays and also in combination with that, I, I don't know if that makes any sense but i think a brand is a result of many, many more factors than just these two marketing plays, right? Your service delivery, yeah. the, the way you keep customers happy, clients happy, sorry, all that stuff goes into your brand or your firm's reputation. So I think marketing can actually really focus on these two plays. And if the service delivery keeps pace with it, um, you will eventually become a brand over time. So I don't know if that's too simplistic of you for, for your perspective, but I think... Well, it's not really simplistic because we've already talked about how thought leadership works. We've actually had the people from Grist, we have Bob yeah. Bidet, we've had all of them talk about how thought leadership works. And you're right, it's 
you know, it's all it's free, but at the same time, it does build brand equity. It gives a stronger voice for what you do into the market. But there's, um, we're not like, I guess, in, in a way, mm. this whole thing about marketing consulting services, because it's a service oriented thing, does require a lot of like brand and awareness building. So I, it's always a place to start from. And then you can work on like pure demand generation. Yeah. And I mean, one last word before we turn to the next question. Why? I mean, this is the reason these two plays are the mechanic that you first create the demand, right? By mm -hmm. sharing insights, by sharing your expertise freely. The consulting business development has worked like that forever. If you think back on the big heydays of consultants inventing stuff, right? The Boston Consulting Matrix, time-based competition, business process reengineering, all these mm -hmm. big concepts of old, they all follow this model. And th this, I want to remind people of this, that if if you play this game, then, this, then creating content, I hate the phrase because it's so overused these days, <laughs> but that has always been the business priority of a consulting firm. You have to invest in creating knowledge, in creating intellectual capital for lack of a better word, or IP, new ways mm -hmm. of seeing, thinking do, about doing things f to solve business challenges, that is at the heart of your business, and you can only you can only win if that works, right? But yeah, and that's how you so essentially build IP, use that IP mm -hmm. to create demand, and then have the tactics in place to capture the demand, and that's how you market your consulting services. Sorry, yes. no quick fixes there. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. Question two is sort of a follow-up to that one. And it was all about, okay, fine, understood. But how do I help the firm to win more profitable clients? P presuming that is, okay, a question came from someone who had the, the overall just of it done. And now this is sort of an optimization, right? Okay, new business is working. What can we get more profitable clients? So on this particular front, I would like to say that it's much, it's much more aligned to sales enablement and the go-to-market strategy, because it's, this is where you take the go-to-market strategy to identify the kind of clients that you are targeting so that your sales teams can approach them and strike conversations and, you know, go in that direction. And marketing in this particular area is much more of a support and enhancing function where you help them focus and narrow the focus. You, know, you could have a number of tactics like building personas, events, focusing on like inviting the right people to the right kind of channel, understanding. And this is where flow, an area that you bring up a lot about being having a seat at the table to understand what the clients are talking about, what their mm -hmm. needs are, as well as the seat at the internal business table, speaking with the leaders to understand clearly who they're targeting, why they're targeting them, etc. This is how you can target the right kind of profitable client projects. Because in this particular space, you're not looking at, hey, I need to bring in revenue. You're looking at things like, I need to grow my business to a $50 million business within this quarter or within a year or whatever your metric is. This is the place where you talk about percentage growth. You talk about like, projections and things like that that is true and i think the direction you set up here is yes identifying where the more what the more profitable work is or the most profitable work is that is certainly the first step and then focusing in on that on those clients and those segments and these types of service deliveries and so forth is the next one so i to be honest how do we help the firm win more profitable client projects you have discussions with the business about these types of things 
-hmm. and you try to push them, nudge them, whatever, towards focusing more, right? More yep. specialization, deeper expertise, which then over time allows you to charge for higher prices. And I do realize that is a business strategy decision at the end of it. So it's a bit above the marketing pay grade, probably, depending on where you sit. But it's the only way it gets done. And, and the contributions you can make, to, to your point, Ash, is one, helping with the data and the insights around where the type of business might come from. Then two, helping with the client insights, I think, as marketers, we can still, you know, advise the business on what is it these clients really need, these people really want, and these, you know, what's the actual need? How do we speak to this in terms of messaging? And then a big one here, I think, which we touched upon sometimes in, in previous episodes, but I do want to do a full episode on it, is offering development, right? Very often, the value of consulting services increase the more you make them a metaphor I'm, I'm trying out right now is if the more you turn something from just being a painkiller into actually being a package complete cure for the underlying problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, that also often helps. And I, without diving too deep into this, I think if you can, clients have an understanding of the pain they feel. And as a consultancy, you have the option to either directly sell the remedy to that, which that in my metaphor is the painkiller, or you can go deeper and work with them on the underlying root cause. So to give you a shitty example, a client might say, we need a new website because ours looks outdated. And you can say, cool, we built websites, that's fine. And that makes you a web design shop, which is basically a commodity model. Yeah. Or you could say, well, we don't actually just build websites. What we do is we build complete funnel systems, which means we redesign your website, we put a CRM behind that, and we build you a digital marketing and sales process for your entire firm, which actually means you just don't have, you don't just get a prettier website, but you get a new process for bringing in clients. How much would that be worth to you? So that's taking the initial pain, you know, through some sort of root cause analysis, right? the, 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 the root cause, not the, the optics of the website on the problem. The problem is it's not functional as a, as a conversion tool. Yeah. Uh, and and then you pitch on that. And that, that's how you elevate, I think, towards more profitable work. And marketing can plays a huge role in that because you have to help the business tell a different story. But yeah, the underlying problem is that's a that's a business strategy decision. Do you want to get into the full funnel website business? Or do you want to just keep cranking out nicely designed, I don't know what WordPress pages? Both are, I'm not dissing that business model. Both are fine. It's just one is a very high highly competitive commodity model that creates a lots of pressure also on marketing to bring in tons of leads because you're not going to charge premium prices for your shiny websites the other is a more strategic effort and and requires more know-how blah 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 so it's more expensive to make but it's probably also a higher premium on 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 the sale of it yeah i mean if you didn't get where we're going we're asking you to lean on the more strategic approach here to be fair yeah but who wants to be a commodity? Sorry. I mean, there's, there's, there's always a time, sorry, that there's always a half-life to your consulting offering, right? You have experts yeah. know-how, and that over time always becomes commoditized. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to constantly push ahead and push forward to be able to just be able to offer more to the client than the client could do themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and sticking with the website example, right? A couple of years ago, if you were able to design cool websites, which were easy to maintain, that was not a commodity business. That was something compelling to do. These days in an age of, of like website 
design what are they called like these page builders everybody essentially yep. who has a credit card and a mouse can whip up whip up a decent looking one themselves in like two days yeah sorry your your former premium capability is now commoditized you need to add something on top of it so yeah we completely recommend going as far ahead of the curve or or sorry as as, as deep into your client's value creation processes up the chain so to speak or up the stream i think our friend luke calls it mm -hmm. Uh, as far as that is possible, but yeah, I'm rambling on. Sorry, maybe we should. So yeah, yeah. Question. Let's hit the next question. I would say, uh, I think you actually spoke about this question, and you might have responded to them on Reddit. But go on, Flo. You've got an interesting. One. Uh, this one was interesting to me, yeah, because someone. So and and we are tweaking the question here. So the original question came from someone who was not in the consulting business, but another B two B space. But it still holds true here. So I'll. Well, the question is, I'm a marketing director here. I need some opinions. I work with six practices and 28 service lines. I mean, this is the part I made up, right? My team does everything from thought leadership and events to social media. Any tips for someone who wears so many hats? Right. The, the, the implied question here being, how can I maybe increase efficiency, reduce workloads a little bit without sacrificing results? And um, yeah, I'll let you take the first part of the answer, Ash, because you're a huge fan of... <laughs> just pausing reflecting and then killing shit which doesn't work right i think that was that was important yeah. of it for sure so in that in this particular area i guess because there's so much to do let's look at the whole landscape of what you're doing is what i would say and then kill the things that are clearly not working because you know what you don't have enough time and energy to do that look at the things that should be focusing on that's really effective and that can continue without too much effort into it then look at the areas where you've built something but you haven't given enough, given it enough time to live and breathe and you can see that there is that given some effort into it it'll you know provide exponential rewards so focus on it within the three categories is how i would specify based upon what flo was just saying because don't kill everything but kill the things that are just, you know, yeah. busy work, in other words. Yeah. And I think to add to that, so killing killing stuff that doesn't work, major point. And maybe we can maybe that's another there's also another episode how to identify those. But I think we've discussed this in the past. I don't yeah. Remember. I think there's also another aspect of just reducing in program complexity, especially since that person was talking about social media and so forth. Like to to make up a fictional example, let's say you have you have four practices and they all, or what is it, six, six I wrote in my fictional example, and they all work on some aspect of, let's say, operational excellence, right? And and what that means is for your content plans and planning, you just cut down the number of topics you mm -hmm. discuss and all the stuff you do. See if you can get it below seven, maybe five. So we talk about operational excellence. We talk about digitizing processes. We're talking about continuous improvement, blah, blah. And we do that across the practices we have. So I don't know, automotive, finance, whatever. So the, the idea being, so within the programs you run, after even after you kill some, see if you can reduce the scope of each of the programs you keep and land on things which help you industrialize things like content production, that to me is also a huge game changer. And I think we discussed this in our live episode with yep. Luke back in the day where we said that the follow-up step to limiting the scope is then to see 
can you bring the actual consulting work and the, actual, the, the consultants do and the marketing work your team is doing even closer together, all right? This goes all back to what Luke discussed with us of taking content for, I hate this word, but taking the content that the consultants produce anyways as part of client deliverables and their, for their pitch as part of their work and repurpose that in marketing as opposed to cooking up entirely new things in marketing. So maybe that, that's a third lever. So kill stuff, streamline the programs, and then see that you can fill the programs with as much repurposed stuff you get directly from the business, I think would have been my answers to to those things. Yeah. Know. Yeah, and no, I think that's good. And we have spoken about it in a few episodes, but we should be touching on it again. However, moving on to the and next question, right? Hold on, I have one last, there's one last thought because I had this discussion literally with a client last week. Just the number of programs you need, I think you actually don't need many. Like if you have a mid-sized consulting firm or practice, right, you need to to pick up work for 30, 50 people. I'll argue you could probably do this with one or two programs. You could have a podcast and you could ex extend that to include some sort of life event plus follow-up. That's all you yeah. do, podcasts and life events. You could, you could probably, which I think that goes back to what Stephen Pope told us and what he does, right? You, you could also say, well, we, we kill on LinkedIn. That's where we crush it. And some of those stuff we prolong on the blog and then you have LinkedIn plus the blog, whatever it is. Uh, my point is, I don't think you have to have too many programs. Yeah, YouTube is big. Yeah, Instagram can do lots of good. Yeah, newsletters are cool, but your firm doesn't need to do a lot of stuff. If you can build one thing that really, really works and then maybe stack another on top of it, that could already get you very, very far. And it's, that's actually the opposite of what I'm seeing is most firms have 15 things up in the air and none of those really work, which doesn't, doesn't I, I would just want to add to what you're saying to industrialize and automate a lot of it as well because yeah. that will reduce oh good time. one yeah automation yeah i haven't even thought about yeah. that because uh, you can use multiple tools to make sure that it can just keep continuing once you set a process but i do think we've spent a little bit of time on this one so moving to the next question flow and I think you've tweaked this one a little because what it says is I'm in consulting and want to help our marketing team. What do I yeah, do? Yeah, again, that's the Reddit original, but the original one was stated, I'm working in sales, right? So just a slight twist here on the thing. The point being, it's a person who collaborates closely with marketing to build business, but they're not in marketing and they want to help the team. And the context for that original discussion was that that person felt the marketing team was stuck in doing low value tactical stuff, which didn't drive the needle. And I think that's a profoundly interesting question because that is very true, sorry, folks, for the marketing functions of many consulting firms. So like we've all been there and we've all tried to change it. So how do you do this? I think the overall, I don't want to dwell on this too long, but I think there's an overall process for fixing marketing that's not working in a consulting firm. Typically, you need to align around a clear understanding of what marketing even is and what its mission is supposed to be in that firm you're working in because that often doesn't mm -hmm. exist. Yeah. Right? Your junior team members think social selling is where it is. You have your own vision. And then the senior, senior, senior partner in the business thinks all you're here for to do is pretty up their slides. Sorry, that's a caricature, but that's the, so that's where it starts. Alignment is a killer of effectiveness. If it's lacking, right? It's a lack of alignment, I should say, is a killer of effectiveness. So you need to land around a clear vision of what it is. That's step one. Then I think we should define our stance. Modern marketing requires a certain combination of place. You said that in the first question, right? Create demand, 
capture mode. It's very helpful to create that clarity. Mm-hmm. And once that's clear, you can actually improve the strategy, right? And you and I yeah. talk about this all the, time. all the time. Better market segmentation, better client insights, better messaging, all that stuff. And from there, you can then sort of go in, fix programs. Yeah. No, sorry, fix, your me- you, from your there you can you yeah. can fix the KPIs, right? That's what do we? How do we? What is success and how we measure it? And then you can fix all the programs, all the tactics, all that stuff. That's where it starts. I think, well, that's the overall process. Sorry. So, but coming back to the question from the person not working in marketing. I'd say, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, the, the business, if, if they are a consultant in the practice, they are best positioned to help with maybe the first part aligning, right? Be part of those conversations with marketing, you know, share your expectations, but also hear what the marketing team has to say and then help to help work with them to really land on an aligned vision. I think they can be a huge part in, in dealing uh, with the fourth part, which is improving client insight, right? Always talk to your marketing team about the stuff you hear in pitches, the escalation calls you have, the client questions you get, right? Feed that to them because that'll help them do such a much better job. Yeah, um, if I can intro flow, yeah. I think the key thing is if you really want to help them, you need to send, spend some time and talk to them. That's yeah, the that's first exactly, thing you yeah. need. That's, how, that's the whole thing, how you begin with. You need to have these conversations to make sure that there's clear alignment. Once you've got this clear alignment and you're helping them with various areas, you're working on the strategy, you need to provide the insights that you get from the client, the insights that you get from the field, the insights that you get while working with business leaders in other related practices, that would be helpful. And the other thing that you do need to focus on is not just getting all this lead in stuff, but also the lead out stuff so once you've had these conversations once you do that we understand that systems and companies may not be easy to track but still just let even if you're not tracking it on a system let them know that these conversations have happened let them know that these Mm. things are going on let them know what's happening and then when you have this 360 type of conversation with the marketing team if you're in consulting or sales or whichever kind of function that works closely you can help drive success for both of yourselves and then yeah in these conversations you mentioned like i said key input is help them understand what the clients actually think they need really need feel they should be talking about what their problems are concerns are all that stuff's great for marketing and then uh, maybe also lean into things like thought leadership and content creation programs because that's mm-hmm. the same thing like like we just said share the expertise you have share the stuff you give your clients with the marketing team for repurposing repackaging yeah that's that that makes it easier for them to do the right thing and the right thing again like we said at the beginning is create demand by putting out helpful stuff but they don't have the marketing team doesn't necessarily help have the helpful stuff mm-hmm. you the people in consulting business have it because that's your job right marketing's job yeah. is to do the editorial and publishing part for it if it makes any sense um and that brings us to the that brings us to the last question right which i think was uh, oh here it is i'm about to transition from an agency role to an in-house marketing job at a consultancy what to expect and how to prepare oh boy (laughs) um i don't know it's too early point. it depends right if it how big the firm is but i don't know what what would you say are the key differences Mm. Because we've both worked agency side in house, right? Yeah, I would say come in with the expectation that a lot of things that you have done 
have are not you know it's not revolutionary you need to come in with the expectation of not coming in that you're going to transform that business massively you're going to come in understand what the situation is and aid assist and assuage how to make the marketing and sales functions work well together marketing and practice work well together grow marketing into something more successful mm. there's a lot of skills that you have the primary skills that you might be giving more insight into would be on the planning side of things and on the data and analytics and insight side of things because yeah. professional services firms are usually a bit lagging on that in terms <clears> of the brand thing you would probably learn a lot more from these companies than unless you've been working in some sort of fmcg firm hmm. and remember that professional services firms are all about people are all about people so there's a lot more stakeholder management required because of the politics that comes with it yeah that's, I think you hit on the biggest one, right? The, the stakeholder management. Because yeah, your job changes. I think in agency, you're very often responsible for doing the work. Even if you lead a team, right? Um, mm -hmm. You're still, your product still does work. I think in the firm, your job slightly changes to creating the opportunity for driving certain programs. And then your job is to make sure, your job is to make sure to bring them into existence and then to increase their to finance them, you know, getting mm -hmm. budget, all that stuff. And then your job is to increase the likelihood of their success by bringing the right people together and managing agencies and so forth. And so, forth. so I think uh, job becomes much more like business executive, mm -hmm. even in the smaller teams and, yep. and on more junior positions because, well, well, I mean, if it's a very small firm, none of that might be true, but I think mid-sized firm and up, you'll be much more managing multiple projects than being inside the projects yourself. So that's, that's yep. a big one. And yeah, I think to your point, the stakeholder management will also be um, a big one. I, I think the one thing you can probably, in the extension of the stakeholder management idea, the, the big one you can bring from your agency experience and you should hang on to yeah. is your experience in advising people, because I think that's a very, that's actually very helpful. I, I've seen people who come from agency side into a consulting firm have great success because they typically bring a stance of I'm advisor, right? I'm pushing back on the business. I'm, I'm sharing my insights. I'm giving recommendations. Like this proactive stance helps a lot. So you should maybe cling on to this. And, and which is also my way of saying, I think the person asking this question, you, you, you are, you should be decently well-prepared. Mm -hmm. You might want to pick up a few more corporate management type things back to this to your point right with the back to the managerial point so you know learn how to get and run a budget feel out the landscapes of mm -hmm. in-house politicking and approvals and yeah it's probably mm -hmm. a lot of listening involved at the beginning right to feel out the place and oh one last thing because that's a mistake i made i i think i often come into places and have my own game plan ready and rush in to push it without paying enough attention to why certain things are the way they are and without being respectful enough of the work people who were there before me have done. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Do not come in and, you know, think so, that you're creating yeah. something new. Just I think it's, a, it's a careful balance, right? You should have confidence in your own ideas and you should, if you think you know how to do it better, you know, do, 
bring it because in a, in a party that's also why you were hired but mm -hmm. do not presume that stuff was done in quote unquote a shitty way for no reason usually typically there are reasons and typically there are smart people on the other end so it, it to the point of firm politics hear these people out first but also you know don't throw away your own beliefs because at the end of the day if it is shitty you should improve it just you know be yeah i don't know what my lesson is i'm getting towards here it's just that I have made some mistakes rushing in and trying to fix stuff, which probably didn't need fixing. So that said, oh, I wanted to drop two book recommendations, right? If you don't know anything about the consulting world, and I have personally hired people who are like that, I always recommend two books to them. And I can predict people's future in the firm by whether or not they read them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so that's a dig. And you don't have to read the full thing, just skim them. But but I do recommend you pick up a copy of David Meister's Managing the Professional Services Firm because that really, really helps you understand the very freaking business model underneath it all, including some of the technicalities, which can be very helpful to know. And there's a great book which got recommended to me. It's David Baker's The Business of Expertise, which sort of does both. It again explains some of the fundamental mechanics of winning business for a consulting business. And it also has some great insights for how to do strategic marketing for a consulting business. So these are my two. This will be my two book tips to close this episode. What'd you say? I think that is the perfect ending for our, you know, Reddit episode. I do think we should now, with the fact that we've taken these questions, maybe host an ask me anything kind of thing. But hey, let's think about that at some point. If you have more questions, good point. Hit us up on LinkedIn and and or email us and whatnot to to send in more questions. And none of them are too specific, weird, left field, whatever. We'll we'll pick up everything. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe with the exception of the super technical stuff. Like I spent some time with marketing operations people recently discussing the intricacies of ad buying and inventories and so forth. And I was like, oh my God, that's an entire universe. I do not know much about. So if you have stuff from that, send it anyways, and we'll find an interview guest who can answer them. But mm -hmm. how's that? How's that for an offer? That sounds good. Cool. And with that, I think you can stop the recording and we can enjoy our Fridays. What'd you say? And that's a wrap. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 